you'll please turn in your Bibles to John chapter 19. John chapter 19, if you have a Bible you want to grab in the chair in front of you, it's on page 905. John chapter 19, verses 17 through 37 will be God's word that we'll read this evening as we reflect on what we believe John's eyewitness account here of the crucifixion. This is God's holy word to us this evening. So they took Jesus, and he went out bearing his own cross to the place called the place of a skull, which in Aramaic is called Golgotha. There, they crucified him. With him, two others, one on either side, and Jesus between them. Pilate also wrote an inscription and put it on the cross. It read, Jesus of Nazareth, King of the Jews. Many of the Jews read this inscription. But the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city. And it was written in Aramaic, in Latin, and in Greek. So the chief priests of the Jews said to Pilate, Do not write the king of the Jews, but rather this man said, I am the king of the Jews. Pilate answered, What I have written, I have written. When the soldiers had crucified Jesus, they took his garments and divided them into four parts one part for each soldier, also his tunic. But the tunic was seamless, woven in one piece from top to bottom. So they said to one another, Let us not tear it, but cast lots for it to see whose it shall be. This was to fulfill the scripture which says, They divided my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. So the soldiers did these things. My But standing by the cross of Jesus were his mother and his mother's sister, Mary the wife of Clophas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her to his own home. After this... Jesus, knowing that all was now finished, said, to fulfill the scripture, I thirst. A jar full of sour wine stood there, so they put a sponge full of the sour wine on a hyssop branch and held it to his mouth. When Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, to Telestai, it is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Since it was the day of preparation, and so that the bodies would not remain on the cross on the Sabbath, for the Sabbath was a high day, the Jews asked Pilate that their legs might be broken and that they might be taken away. So the soldiers came and broke the legs of the first and of the other who had been crucified with him. But when they came to Jesus and saw that he was already dead, They did not break his legs. 
But one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear, and at once there came out blood and water. He who saw it has borne witness. His testimony is true, and he knows that he is telling the truth that you also may believe. For these things took place that the scripture might be fulfilled. Not one of his bones will be broken. And again, another scripture says, they will look on him whom they have pierced. Let's pray. Oh Lord, this evening as we remember our Lord Jesus, who said it is finished, who was pierced for our transgressions. Lord, would you lay on our hearts and on our minds the wonder of your love, the immensity of your love, the the greatness of your love, that you would do this for us. Help us to remember Jesus Christ and him crucified for us. In his name we pray, amen. Why do we call it Good Friday? Why do we lay, why do we name this day that we commemorate Christ's death on the cross? Why do we call it good? What are we here to remember? Why must we make such a big deal about such a horrific event? It is this. Because the cross of Jesus Christ is everything. And it means everything. The the death of Jesus Christ is central to the gospel. There, There is no good news without the cross. There can be no celebration of the resurrection without the crucifixion. It is a good Friday because God brought about the greatest good that we could ever hope for by the bad that was done to his one and only son on the cross. Could it be said that the greatest thing that God has ever done and will ever do is by sending his one and only son to die on the cross for sin? Has there ever been a more momentous time in the history of the world? Will not heaven be filled with praises to the lamb that was slain on the cross? Everything hinges on the cross. All our hopes, all our dreams, all our desires and for good and happiness and joy, it comes down to this moment. Jesus atoning for our sin by his death on the cross. And so John's account of the crucifixion serves the purpose stated in verse 35 that he said, this is his testimony so that you and I may believe. So that we may believe that what Jesus did on the cross was the finished work of God atoning for sin. This account of the crucifixion, as John tells us, is to show that Jesus is the Messiah. He is the one who would be nailed to a tree. Cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree. He is the perfect, spotless Lamb of God that would be sacrificed to atone for sin. 
He is the one who would be killed for our sins. And so John's gospel records for us four little words that we'll focus on this evening. Four little words found there in verse 18, where it says very simply, very succinctly, there they crucified him. Jesus was crucified. The Old Testament says he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our sins. Have you ever thought about what Jesus actually had to go through on the cross by dying for our sins? The Bible calls this crucifixion. And crucifixion in the ancient world was the most cruel and decisive punishment for criminals. Crucifixion was, in fact, a form of execution. It was capital punishment. It would take place by someone being nailed or bound to a wooden cross. Crucifixion was painful. It was an excruciating process designed to torture and to bring about a slow death. The purpose of this form of execution was to send a message. Don't mess with Rome. And so the Roman Empire instituted crucifixion for the purposes of control. It was a most cruel and very shameful form of dying. And we know from the scriptures, from the account of this Passion Week of Jesus, that before he was even nailed to a cross, he was whipped. He was beaten with a whip that would contain metal and bone shards designed to tear apart flesh. And after this, a crown of thorns was placed on his head. And these two acts alone were enough to kill a man from the pain and from the blood loss. And after this, we know that he was made to carry the wooden cross beam for which he would be crucified on. But the story goes on, and we know that he was too weak to carry it. Isaiah prophesies that the the appearance of Jesus was that he was marred beyond human likeness. This was a horrific event. He was not even recognizable as a man. This is how the Son of God would suffer and die. This is how God would atone for the sin of the world. There would not be a lamb or a goat or a bull to be sacrificed on the altar outside the holy place. This time it would be a man, an eternal sacrifice. And so when Jesus taught his followers to reflect on the Passover, which would now be instituted as the Lord's Supper, he he said, this is my body. He was calling us all to remember that it was his body that would be broken and bruised and pierced and beaten for you and me. 
when he said to his disciples, this is my blood, it was literally his blood that was flowing all over the place as he was punished, a brutal punishment that he went through. So the Lord's Supper here reminds us that Jesus was crucified. His body was crushed. His blood was shed. He was the sacrifice for sin. But why did Jesus have to die? Why did he have to suffer this way? Why did God let this happen to his one and only son? It was because of sin. It was because of sin. Your sin. My sin. All sin of all time has separated us from a holy God. And what does the Bible teach us that every sin deserves? Death. Death. Punishment. Wrath from a holy and just God who hates sins. For the wages of sin is death the Bible says. And God is holy. And we are called to be holy. And the only way that we can be made holy in God's sight is for sin to be eradicated. Sin has to be removed from the equation. And the only way for sin to be eradicated is by a sacrifice. But this sacrifice had to be so perfect, so holy, so complete, so satisfying that only God himself could satisfy this requirement. That is exactly what he did by sending his one and only son. Thanks be to God. What grace, what mercy, what love, what wondrous love. Instead of pouring out his terrible, unmitigated wrath on us, He instead punishes his son by putting him to death on the cross. Jesus was crucified so that you and I would not have to be. So tonight, let's look to the cross. Let's look to the cross and see what God has done. When we read in the scriptures that God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son What it means is that he sent his one and only son to die. He gave his son to die as a sacrifice of atonement for our sins. What wondrous love that God has done that for us, that he would do that for you and me. We praise God that he sent his son Jesus to die the death we deserve, to receive the punishment that we deserve, to bear the wrath that we deserve. And that's why we make such a big deal out of the cross. That's why Good Friday is so good. So what exactly happens when we look to the cross? We remember the cross. Do you remember Christian from John Bunyan's famous work, Pilgrim's Progress? Christian was on a journey to the celestial city. He was a pilgrim in the real world. His journey was long and burdensome. It was difficult because he carried a great burden on his back. And all he longed for was for this great burden to be lifted. Of 
course, his great burden was sin. And he longed to be rid of it. And along the way, he was given many suggestions for how he may remove his burden. One such suggestion was, don't worry about it. Just go back to the city of destruction and live your own life. Don't worry about all this nonsense about sin and unrighteousness. Another suggestion for him to to relieve himself of his burden was to try the law. But he soon discovered that the law was a great mountain that he could not climb. And even when he tried to, it proved to be impossible because, in fact, the weight of the mountain threatened to fall on him and kill him. There were even shortcuts that were suggested to him along the way. Of course, these ideas were off of the narrow way, and they proved to be treacherous and misleading. But thanks be to the word of God and the wise counsel that was given to Christian, the interpreter and the evangelist, who were faithful teachers and wise counselors. They led him back on the narrow way, pointing him to the narrow gate. When he was back on the narrow way, finally came to a cross with a grave, a deep, unfathomable grave beside the cross. And one look at the cross for Christian, something miraculous happens. His burden falls off, and it tumbles down into the grave to be buried and seen no more. And then he stood a while to look and to wonder. It was very surprising to him that the sight of the cross should thus ease him of his burden. He looked, therefore, and looked again, even till the springs that were in his head sent waters down his cheeks. And so this is the testimony from the word of God. For what Christ did for us on the cross. That he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds we are healed. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree. But now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law, although the law and the prophets bear witness to it. The righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe, for there is no distinction. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood be received by faith. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. This evening, look to the cross. Look to the cross and see what Jesus Christ has done for you. Have your burden lifted. Hear the sweet promises of God who says, I, even I, am the one who blots out your transgressions for my sake, and I will remember it no more.
when this wonderful thing happened to Christian, his burden of sin being removed from his back. Three great things happened to him at once. First, he knew his sins were forgiven. Secondly, he was robed, he was stripped of his rags, and he was given robes of righteousness. And third, the Holy Spirit immediately came upon him, guaranteeing his salvation. And with this good news, Christian gave three leaps for joy. And we won't make you do that this evening, but three leaps for joy. And he sang this song. Thus far did I come laden with my sin, nor could I ease the grief that I was in. Till I came hither, what a place is this? Must here be the beginning of my bliss? Must here be the beginning of my bliss? Must here the burden fall from off my back? Must here the strings that bound it to me crack? Blessed cross, blessed grave, Blessed rather be the man that there was put to shame for me. Jesus was put to shame for you and me. Praise be to God that he sent his one and only son who was without sin. And yet he took on our sin. And by dying on the cross, we would be made righteous before God. Jesus willingly died on the cross, which means he is absolutely committed to forgiving you. If you turn to him, if you have never done that, perhaps you could do that for the first time this evening. Let's pray. Oh, Lord, we rejoice and we give you thanks that you have dealt with the problem of sin, that you have removed the burden from sin because of the cross, because you have removed them as far as the east is from the west. And we say with the man Christian that blessed be our Lord and Savior, who was put to death for us. Help us to never stop giving thanks and giving praise for what Jesus willingly did for us on the cross. We praise you and thank you for it. In his name we pray.